Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is October 11th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan! Doing uh, okay. Got, Just okay? Got to issue an apology. You know. To who? Everybody? Everyone. You know. Or your wife? Everyone, including my wife. You know, Everyone, okay. issue an apology to the listeners. Yesterday was a bad travel day. That's why you didn't get your uh, Shotgun Start this morning. And uh, well, yeah. it was a good, it was a good way to follow up. Just chopping off the last ten to fifteen minutes of the podcast on Wednesday. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just been a bad week for me. I'm not putting on my A game. Got got some, <laughs> got a lot of stuff on my mind. We got our, uh, we got an you event got this big, weekend. Your and, big event in Aiken, right? Yeah, and uh, and then I, you know, I had this all this flight problems being being friday i think my my role my time as friday travel agent is uh is over officially I, uh, <laughs> i'm retiring what happened you forgot to book a flight for your wife who is intricately involved in the organization and operation of the event yes i i forgot to book it and then uh on monday i booked a flight i'm still looking into this i i don't think i I think there might have been an internal error at AA. Oh, you're trying to jerk responsibility. <laughs> you're looking into it. You're trying to find the real killer out there. I'm uh, I'm deep in an investigative report. This these these spawn. This is a a report that is much more in depth research than even Flashback Friday. What'd you do? Well, allegedly, I booked a flight for the 24th of, of October. October. 2019. Not as far as we know. Not the 10th. Yeah. So my wife got to the airport and uh, couldn't seem to check in. Well, some of those services do. <laughs> I would have enjoyed being a fly on the wall for that, uh, for that experience. Um, some of these services just automatically bump you two weeks ahead. I feel like I've noticed that. Some of these booking, whatever, these third-party websites they're just like immediately put you two weeks out maybe that's what they did and you just never mention what you were i don't know so it's, it's, uh, any way you slice it it's been a bad bad look for uh for I, me here i got a, i got a text last night from you says it's like a low point in my life yeah, yeah i thought well that's probably been a pretty good life then you'll be all right you'll get i don't know it. if i'm gonna recover from this one i don't know if this you know, I think the it was a definite sh- big shake to the trust tree. <laughs> um, did you? I mean, she got there, right? She's she's everything's well. She eventually found a flight, landed is on the premises. Yes, she's here. Um, good. You know, I, good. I I had uh, you know I took a a, a financial hit. You know, sure. Sure. Buying a flight big, big. at the airport is not cheap. <laughs> I can imagine. So not only was you know was That's I, like was I upset about the financial thing, I just was uh, you know I'm I'm kind of shook. I'm I've lost a little bit of confidence in my in my in myself. I'm, I'm now you know what it's, it's like to be a, a big a pro golfer when you MC. You don't even know. You just go to the airport Friday. You got to buy a flight on the spot. Well, they right? got they've got the PGA Tour travel that takes care of everything for them. I, I, <laughs> but the cost. I'm, the worst part about it is, I told my wife not to tweet it. I was like, "This is too embarrassing. Please do not tweet this." And she went ahead and did it. I mean, all of my friends, like my my friends that don't even follow golf, are just all over me. I mean, I don't think you have a lot of leverage there to tell her what to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> On that one, keep burying. Anyways, all right. Big shake to the trust tree. I think is one I'm going to add to my lexicon going forward. That's a good, <laughs> good one. All right. Are your kids watching a movie right now? Yeah, I put on a movie. <laughs> Parenting 101. Yeah. Well, you texted. Can we do it tomorrow morning? I was like, ah, forgot my kids have off. Just give these kids school. I don't even know what we pay for. School is just off every other Friday. It feels like. I don't know. Uh, put on the Sandlot. Oh, that's a good movie. Which I guess, uh, not to get, we're, we're on the personal story time here at the beginning. Do you know how like they have that? They've been really into it lately. Like four-year-old and 
six-year-old watching Sandlot. It might be a little too not age-appropriate because mm-hmm. they say like shit in there. I think once or twice, and and then they have that rival game comes up on the bike, the other baseball team, and they have this insult war back and forth. It's like you bob for to- apples in the toilet and you like it. Well, I guess my four-year-old's taking some of that to preschool. Like this is like I started calling people crap face. He drinking crap face is a line in the movie when they're yelling insults at each other. And at preschool, he's using the word on the playground crap face, which so, I, so I, you're, I mean, like you're responding to the, to your four year old getting in trouble for using lines from this movie by putting the movie back on. They demanded it. And I got a pot. I got, I got to divert their attention somewhere. I, I got a podcast with you. So I got that's what they asked for. I mean, this is, uh, you might be shaking the trust tree. (laughs) Pee drinking crap face. Not, not probably the best thing you want to hear when four year old. All right. Um, all right, let's get to, uh, some updated results. First, I have to issue an apology of my own. Uh, you know, I was talking about how they do the Dallas to Shanghai double classic on the LPGA. I was, you know, making fun of the PGA tour pros for not being able to play Houston and it turns out the LPGA event's not till next week. So they had a week off. Yeah, I, I saw that. The information I got was wrong. It was the same information that said whatever that Canadian Q school or Canadian event was in like Aurora, Colorado. Like, I, I don't think I can trust that that schedule release anymore. They're telling me the, the Buick LPGA Shane has this week. It's actually next week. So. There's misinformation everywhere. Everybody's well, out to get you. Here's the thing. I was going, I was looking for the leaderboard and I couldn't find it. And there was no leaderboard. I was like, I wonder if China shut off all communication. They can't get scores out of China. Uh, Then I realized it's actually next week. You think it was uh, part of this uh, NBA thing? Now they're spreading misinformation about the LPGA? Well, they're just cutting off all events and communication. I don't know. That's that was my conspiracy theory when I couldn't find an updated leaderboard. But the truth is obviously much more boring. It's just next week. Starting um, on Friday on the right foot, you know, with a, a, a series of apologies. <laughs> there you go. All right, updated uh, current check in. Just real quick, this will be you know moot and irrelevant by the time you listen to this, probably. Uh, Houston Open. Austin Cook and Taylor Gooch opened with sixty fours. They're eight under. Um, Friday is supposed to blow. It's supposed to be like 30 mile per hour winds um, and storms, I think, eventually also mixed in there. So we'll probably get a delay. But the Gucci could man. get a little dicey. <laughs> the Gucci back. game. He's, he's Gucci the game. Gucci man. <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's, he's a good story. I like Taylor Gooch. Me too. Him, him on him succeeding. He's, um, him, and, him and Champ might be, uh, might be Mr. October. They're yeah, battling it out. Uh, pretty, pretty solid leaderboard. Not bad in Houston after, you know, we're now Friday morning here. Especially, since the, especially since the best, uh, the highest ranked player is, is Stenson at 37. <laughs> Cole Hammer opens the 567. I was talking about how he hadn't been playing as well as in the spring. Put that, you know. He's just going to be the latest. Do you think he's, you know, now the question is, is he going to turn pro in the, in the spring? You know, uh, you like January 1st or something. No, I don't think he'll do that. I, I feel like he's not that kind of guy. I don't know. I mean, but they, he should, they won the national title, right? I yeah. Mean, I uh, no, they didn't it. Stanford won. Oh, that's right. That's right. They beat OSU and then lost mm-hmm. to Stanford. Um, yeah, maybe so. I guess stick around and play through. I, I think he, he doesn't seem like the kind. He's already got the Walker Cup to his name. Yeah, he doesn't you know? have much to stick around for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so he opens with a sixty-seven. How about uh, Rich Beam? How about that? Opens. You're you're there dogging him on Wednesday. He's got no chance to win. He shouldn't be in this field. Opens with the three hundred sixty-nine. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Andy. Hey, this is just going to be his second. He's going to have two starts in in, in 20, uh, 2019 instead of one. You know, he's up in what his volume. Mean? He oh. usually only has one start a year. So he it's, Colby uh, just, Callaway, Colby Callaway, you know, threw him a bone. He wrote him a letter. He's yeah. buddies with Colby Callaway. 
Is that the origin story of him getting in? Yeah, he said. Uh, I, here's um, what he said in a. This is a Golf Week article by uh, Adam Shupak. He said. Uh, yeah. He said. Uh, let's see. I never expected I'm, to be here. To be fair, I live in Austin, two and a half hours away, and I've always loved the Houston Open. I've always loved this golf course, and I know the tournament director, Colby Callaway, very well. So I wrote him a letter probably in July and just kept in touch. He literally surprised me a week ago, Tuesday, and said, you're in. Wow. How about that? It must be because he draws the fans. People know who Rich Beam is, like you alluded to on Wednesday. Even he said, I, I, wish I, I wish I was this good back in the old times. Are you kidding me? I didn't think I played this good towards the end of my career. There's no doubt. He, uh, that's, well, that's that's a little crooked then. Like, well, it's not crooked, but Colby Calloway had those heated quotes, right, for all those players who looked him in the eye and bailed on him, and he's mad about. It. Like, I don't know. He's got the authority to invite some more. I, I, I don't know. He went that, with Rich Beam. That, I have I have heard some amazing Rich Beam like oh, outing yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah. He's I, a uh, he's awesome, awesome character. He, I mean, he might, like, of all the pros to pay an appearance fee for, he might deserve the biggest appearance fee money. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, you get you get Tiger, and I guess it's Tiger, but you're just going to get kind of dry, anodyne stuff, right? It's, uh, you know, I, I'd still, I guess, you, it's Tiger Woods. You Did you see, see Tiger's uh, new venture? Into, oh, I got uh, it. I got it in news. We'll get pop, to it. Pop I stroke. It. I got it. I got it. Putt putt with beer. That's all it is. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Solid solid start, right? Yeah. In Houston, yeah. as good as eh, I don't know. It's fine. Fine for the field they've got. Well, did you see Stenson? What? His uh, his three wood. I you want to jump? I got it all in news. All right. Well, talk we're about talking about the Houston Open. These are Houston Open things. Maybe not right. the other thing. Pop stroke. Did, did you what see the? Per, did you see Perez? Can we talk about Perez? He WD'd, right? Yeah, so Eric Patterson put these two tweets right next to each other. I got to give him some props here. So the tour tweeted out that it was because of a wrist injury. Yeah. Seeker Golf, who I know Pat Perez is pretty tight with him. Pat Perez has withdrawn from the Houston Open. He got into the PGA Tour events in South Korea and Japan, so he'll be making his way to Jeju Island to compete next week. Uh, PGA Tour comms, Pat Perez is a WD at the Houston Open with a wrist injury. Wrist. You know who replaced oh him? Uh, who got in? Allenby. <laughs> That's right. I did see people lighting us up for that. He's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be a. Uh, he's gonna be a part of uh, Flashback Friday. I would like to understand Robert Allenby's life right now. Like, is he just going? He's he's made his money. I think maybe not. And he's just going from city to city, like waiting around to get off the alternate list. Yeah, I mean, I think gotta be an interesting I think, existence at whatever age he is. More so than waiting to get off the alternate list, he's waiting for the Champions Tour. He's waiting for those three-day yeah, events where you know he can yeah. go get worse for the wear on Thursday night. Maybe he's going around still trying to find the guy that beat him up. You know, <laughs> still on the hunt, nationwide manhunt. You that. know, Champions Tour plays in Hawaii too. That's true. The uh, that one on the rocks, right? The Mitsubishi yeah. Wailai or something. Um, okay, all right. Let's. And oh, you want to talk about Stenson's three-way? We can do that. So, so he's finally moving on. Had, had his, his Diablo, whatever, Callaway Diablo, he's had since 2009. The first one gave out on him in 2017. He had, um, yeah, he goes, repl- the replacement was probably 95% good, but not quite as good as the original one. Well, now this 95% one. good in 2017. Right. Now, this one gave up, and the backup I had was probably 75%. So it's time to get something new. Technology's moved on. The newer three ones are better technology, they go further. Oh, so I mean, he had a three wood from '09 to set February '17, then had two backups. I would have loved to get a CT test on that three wood. <laughs> That's the thing. I everybody's covering the story. It's it's slow. It's mid October. There's nobody in this field. Stenson's the headliner, and this story is like a segment on every 
kind of, you know, every new show, every website, everybody's talking about this. Like this happy-go-lucky, oh, Stenson has to lay to rest his good friend. Like Nobody mentions the hot, the, the, the CT issue. Like, wh- how, how do you not at least, like, sprinkle that in? Like, oh, it was probably pretty hot after 10 years of hits. The right? face caved in. I, like, I don't get how, like, you, you have a duty to at least mention that that is a part of this story. No wonder he is hitting three wood on every tee box. Like, of course it was probably nuclear. So. It maybe, maybe not though. You know, these guys, the equipment company probably was testing it and said, you know, this is, you're playing not good equipment. You Does know, it bother his, you? As- <laughs> his equipment rep Does probably it- would have pulled it. Because you know they have the best interests of the game in in mind. So does it bother you as much though that it's a three wood? Given that he always hit three off the tee, so like, well, something that I find wood. interesting is that Stenson has like essentially self sabotaged his career by hitting this three wood. <laughs> Never hitting driver. I know he, he used to be. Well, he used to be really long, right? And this, it, it, you know, he led the tour in fairways hit. I think the last two years. And um, fairway percentage, but he but gives losing. up so many yards. But he right. used to this formula, you know, three or four years ago really worked for him. But now he's like at the bottom of strokes gained off the tee because there's just so many yeah. long guys on tour yeah. that he's giving up so much that he's just kind of. That's why he's, I I that's why I believe he's not an elite player anymore. Is that like he's gone from a above a, like a great off the tee player to a very bad one, and he hasn't gotten worse it's just yeah. that everybody else is better yep yep you start to lose strokes gained like he needs um, to hit driver if he hit the driver you know 20 yards yeah. further and it's a and slightly less accurate he'd still he'd be through. better served he'd be yep. you know like from a statistical yep. standpoint so yeah i i don't want to cast dispersions and say it's hot although i kind of already have the three wood was hot but like i think that's mitigated by the fact that he also like I don't know. He was hitting it off every tee while everybody else was hitting driver, I guess. Right? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's a big, more accurate. You know, there's a big uh, international story brewing right now. Go ahead. You know what it is? What's that? What? You know, a guy, a, a European golfer could become the first uh, ever winner on the European tour from his country. <laughs> Who's that? The boy from Bratislava, Roy Sabatini, in second place at the Italian Open. He's aiming. That's right. He's a National Open hunter. I saw the people are writing articles about this. I saw a title of Roy Sabatini aiming for Slovakian first at European Tours Italian Open. Then in the in the in the in the article, he goes, "It's obviously here's a quote from Sabatini. Obviously, it's nice to be here playing in Italy. I've got some roots here." Where's this guy? He's just a citizen of the world. He's got roots. He's South African. He's Italian. He's Slovakian. How many citizenships can you take up? Is there a limit? I don't know. He's a citizen of the world. I don't know that there is a limit, to be honest with you. If if you can justify it, you can marry or get remarried in every country in the world, or you have ancestors, you know, you're and I know in Ireland if your grandparents are from there. He's gotta be (laughs) he's gotta be eyeing the, the Ryder Cup in Italy. You know, honestly, it's like, a, he's got is, roots there. He could be a hometown bullshit. story. This isn't BS for the podcast. Like he and Hovland might be the rookies next year. Sabatini and Hovland, your European team rookies. The thing is, he'd be on the President's Cup, no doubt. Oh, I don't know about no doubt. I think like we we inflate that a little bit more than it really is. The thing he's playing himself into contention, like he might have made the Olympics as South African. The <laughs> well, way those he's guys playing, always, yeah. Those guys kept bailing last time, weren't we? Down to Jocko Van Zyl. Yeah, who Jocko Jocko Van Zyl? Yes. Withdrew from the Open, the major championship, to prepare for the Olympics. Two majors. He didn't play the PGA either. That's right. That's right. You know, I don't think that's gone well for Jocko. 
Yeah, I haven't heard from Yako. So got, Gary, Gary Player praised him with the high hell. In 2015, he ended the year 67th in the world. Are we talking about Yako still? Yeah, Yako okay. Vanzil. In 2016, he ended the year 105th. Um, he, uh, he was, at the time of the Olympics, let's see, he was, where is it? The Olympics, he was 65th in the world. Okay. Do you know what he is now? Like 500. 544, and he dropped oh. all the way. In 2018, he fell into uh, 1,027th. Oh, my God. Yako, you had a chance to play in the Open. You know... What was that? Troon and uh, Baltasrol. I think he skipped both to mentally ready himself for Brazil. You know, and there's the, it's like major championship golf wouldn't be a good way to prepare for a big tournament, you know? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, the logic of it is just completely... And, like, the guy has not been the same since. And I don't think he was competitive at Rio, either. Oh, he think- almost came in last. I remember oh, I was yeah. on Jacko watch. Poor Yako. Oh well, I think Yako. See if I wonder if he regrets it. I hope he plays at something that I'm at. I could ask him a question. Yeah, I'm I'm requesting Yako Vanzil. What? You're requesting? I'm saying like you go to an event and you request something, and the 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 media guy would be like, "Really? (laughs) I need to clear the air on a topic I've been wondering about for three years." So Italian Open, there's just uh, it's not worth talking about. It's ongoing right now. Yoakum B. Hanson leads. It looks like he's at nine under. Shub Sharma's in the mix. Justin Rose, Sabo, Fitzpatrick. So it could be a big All- weekend for Chicago. Why? Because Fitzy. Yeah, you know, I I saw Fitzy's brother the on the other day at the Wake Forest uh, practice facility. Oh, did you ask him how things are back home in Chicago? Well, Fitzy's brother is adopted son of uh, Winston Salem, so I yeah, didn't. Yeah. You know, he's he's not he's not Chicago guy. He just came up on Tobacco Road, yeah. born into it. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> it was uh, it was just funny. That's all I could think about when I was talking to him. All right. So those those are your results check. And apologies to LPGA for mis you know the, the reading the wrong schedule. Um, and the champions tour down in. Are you going to go to Cary, North Carolina? I'm not going See the to the SAS Cary. champions. I'm not going to Cary. I'm, I'm. What if these people show up for the thoroughbred and you're like, "Where's Andy?" He's like, "Ah, oh, he had to bail. They wanted to go watch the SAS championship. He had to go get. Carolina. He had to go get quotes on the Anchorman." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that those are your quick, quick, uh, quick hitting results. Uh, should we do some uh, quick news? Yeah, you want to do news? Everything's quick, but it's actually not quick. Uh, Hero World Challenge Field, we got that. The only, I think it was, I want to say 15 or 16 players they announced are American. None of the internationals, they're all kind of bailing to, you know, you, you have the President's Cup the subsequent week. Well, Justin you got, Rose, you got the, one of the biggest national opens the subsequent week the, the, in run, week. running against it. Yeah, that week. Um, Justin Rose, I think, was the only non-American. Uh, I don't know what. So I, I said you've got at least Brooks appears to be the only auto qualifier for the Brands Cup that's not playing. He's got you know I hope almost. Goes, do you think he's going to go to the Australian Open? No, I don't. Almost all the uh, captain's choice options are here, like Tiger himself. Obviously, you got. Reed, Ricky Kuchar, Kisner, you know, like all these guys, which, you know, when I immediately looked at this, I thought about Jordan Spieth because they just go by world rankings, right? Usually. And then yeah. he gets to like kind of discretionary choices. Mm-hmm. Like, is, does that eliminate Spieth from the President's Cup if he's not even an invite here? It should be interesting. I think, I think when he hit uh, an iron 70 yards off, offline at the Wyndham. That's when Spieth got eliminated. He's got to be a team member, right? No? No. I guess not. You're right. Do you think he could uh, be the youngest assistant captain ever? 
he's got like that Sergio role when Sergio did what was that at, at uh, the one in Wales I think he was a, like an assistant captain just totally lost uh, all right so I uh, do you, does that bother you that all the, none of the Americans are playing the Australian Open I, I tweeted this I mean Mike, we knew like, this was happening they're gonna get on a big charter fly yeah. on over gonna get their big cash grab you know this is Maybe just no, this is pure no fights American on the golf. Plane, hopefully hopefully no fights on the plane you remember there were rumors and reports of scuffles and fights on the plane over to Europe between what was it Brooks and DJ that, that was the rumor I don't know if that was true but that he, came out in the just, tabloids. Justine might be on the plane why is that you know she'll be just stirring oh, the they pot got, yeah sure Wives and you know, caddies. Well, Damon Green. You think Damon Green can work his way onto a bag for this? No. This isn't you see, there's no bag. carts. Carts are going to be limited at Whistling Straits. Did we already talk about this? We might have already talked about this. Oh man. Anyways, uh, which it's what is it? Where does that leave a lot of those guys that are just there? The fluff, you know, just like the, all the extra weight. These guys just driving around in carts with no you know, discernible purpose. They'll have you know, their headsets in, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, assistant captain's caddies. That's necessary, you know, role to have at the team event. Uh, but Michael Clayton made, like, an interesting point to me when I tweeted about how the, none of these guys, it's disappointing none of these guys are going to the Australian Open. He said, like, Sometimes, like the sugar high of like a, a President's Cup boosted Australian Open actually does more damage to the event, right? Because then it, these guys show up for a year and then they never come back, and it's like huh. it height it heightens the event, and then like after that, it's just everything's kind of a letdown. I don't know. It was a solid counter argument, obviously, from somebody who knows the scene. I I could get that. I mean, I mean, ideally, you get an American in there that. I mean, you know, it's kind of it kind of goes back. back to Jocko, though. You know, like Jocko might be, you know, regret some of his decisions, but he'll always remember that Olympics. <laughs> and those young really? Australian kids would be able to see Brooksy playing the Australian Open once, or yeah. or DJ playing the Australian Open at least once in their lives. So I, mean, I say, I, like, I say, I disagree with that. Yeah, ideally, you catch a guy and he enjoys it so much. You, makes it as part of the schedule for a few years like we saw with jordan speed yeah i like i remember distinctly like i when i was like a kid i watched tiger at the at it might have been the cl i think it was the motorola it wasn't cialis sponsored then western open and uh <laughs> you know i remember i like distinctly remember trying to spark up a conversation with fluff i was like 11 or 12 years old <laughs> fluff wanted nothing to do with it he, he was he was actually really mean to me as a kid. I wasn't asking him even about hot drivers or anything. Eleven <laughs> year old Andy asking about crooked drivers. Uh, but God. but like that was I mean it was a cool mo- I, it was part of me loving golf. You know it's yeah. just like the fact that I still remember that. Like I remember watch like you know you like just seeing Tiger walking down a cart path like. 20 yards away as a kid was like a really cool moment. So you think about it, it's like, that's what, even if it, if it diminishes the event the next year, you know, hundreds or thousands of kids are, you know, don't get that chance. All right. I don't want to go into this now, but as a, yeah, you're getting to a point where like, you're getting at a point of, you know, some golfers who are, you know, superstars of the game. Do they have a responsibility to travel the world and kind of, you know, expose it and use their star power to, I don't know, bring the game elsewhere? But grow there are the no game. appearances. You're trying to, grow, you wanted uh, to say grow the game. No, I didn't. <laughs> damn it. I did not want to say that. But, uh, but there are no appearance fees, apparently, at the Australian Open. There are appearance fees in Saudi Arabia. But uh, we'll get to Let's that. Let's get into that on Monday. Yeah, I was gonna say, let's do Monday. You got, you got to run. You got flashback. We also, I think we're gonna cut in the what the PGA Tour players discussion. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna cut in the stuff that I cut out. All right, I, you know, I just thought oh. it would be a better, better for Friday afternoon for everybody. <laughs> I made an executive decision. It was right, not so we'll a mistake. Talk, we'll talk about <laughs> sure. We'll talk about the Brooksy uh, Saudi Arabia stuff on Monday. Um, other quick news, uh, John. Young Lee Six. 
Yeah, Yunjin Lee six wins rookie of the year on the LPGA. It's the fifth South Korean in a row, backing up um, Jin Yun Ko last year, Sun Hun Park before, In Ji Chun and Seyun Kim. So six, uh, fifth, five in a row from South Korea. They're like love- reaching like do- dominant dynasty era, like. You know, if this was uh, an Olympic sport thing, it would be like the uh, the Russians in hockey. Yeah, that might be. Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, the, certainly with rookie of the year, which um, what I love about that is it's just like a straight point system. They don't leave it to this like open to interpretation players voting. You know, as we saw on the PGA Tour, it's just like points. Yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of an objective standard. Interesting. Uh, I thought that it's not like the rookie rankings. <laughs> no, none of that going on. Uh, all right, then other news, last bit, Tiger and the pop stroke. <laughs> See this? Yeah. It's like everybody's telling me it's like everybody's framing it as uh, top golf, but for putting or something. It's like, what? I don't know. It's putt-putt. Right? There's electronic scorekeeping golf ball, the iPut ball. What a creative name, you know. Here's how Popstroke describes itself. This is a real, you know, naturally sounding, intuitive, rolls off the tongue. It's a technology-infused golf entertainment concept featuring professionally designed putting courses and exceptional food and beverage. I love the infused in there. I like Technology. their I, I like their um their like catchphrase is eat, play, drink. It's like it's kinda like as cliche as live, laugh, love. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty bad. You know, anytime you have multiple hyphenated like descriptors at the start of your little thing, like technology dash infused, golf dash entertainment, you're kinda you're you're muddling the waters. As a writer who's maybe not very good at writing, uh, I'll just say brevity counts. And when, when you're leading off your little, you know, terse description of what you are, having multiple hyphenated uh, descriptors is never a good start. So um, I, I think it's cool that he gets to, des- he wants to design potting courses, but like this is, I mean, it's art. I assume it's artificial turf and stuff like that. And oh it's just, yeah. I mean, they can't have. They're not going to have real turf. You think they're going to have a, a an agronomist at the at the pop stroke to take care of the green? <laughs> All these just yahoos trampling on it while they're yeah they're ten drunk. Tours lights deep. They they got wing sauce on their fingers. There's a you know for anybody in the Midwest, there's a place there's a distillery called Journeyman yeah. that's got like a it's got like a. A, I think it's like a 20,000 square foot putting green that's like uh, modeled after the Himalayas at, at uh, St. Andrews. That is fucking cool. Where is that? Detroit? It's in, like, uh, it's in Southwest Michigan. Free plug here. Okay. But it's, okay. it's, it's insane. Like he's got lights. He, he, the guy, he owns a distillery and he built a putting green because he loves golf. But like it, that's essentially pop stroke, but real. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually, when it comes to putt-putt, I'm more of a, a minimalist. I'm a purist. You know the old, like, orange board ones? Like, yeah. the original putt-putt? They got the orange boards. No, like, windmills, cloud mouse. You know, you'll have ramps here or there. But that that's, that is putt-putt to me. Maybe, like, maybe I feel like we've gotten away from it. We've gotten away from that. That is, like, we need to go back to those kind of basic minimalist putt-putt philosophy so. you, you're calling for minimalist design and putt putt yes we go out to the beach out here and it's like they got dinosaurs and airplanes all these weird like just outrageous kind of concepts that they've they've added around the the, the pub you just need those orange boards and the green turf and that's what it is in my opinion all right uh, all right we're done pop stroke all right let's go to, uh, flashback, flashback. Yeah, yep. um, we're going to 2010, Houston Open. You know what happened? You know, you got any ideas? Uh, DA points? No, no, that was a contender. I almost went that way. Uh, no, who won? Anthony Kim. Oh, 
There we go. Yeah. Anthony Kim tops Vaughn Taylor in a playoff to win the Houston Open. His third and final win of his career. That's the last. Hurrah. Mm-hmm. What did he win? He won Congressional. He won the well, AT&T, whatever. Wachovia, yeah. and uh, uh, Houston. Oh, that's right. There you go. Yeah. So AK uh, doubled 18 to let Taylor into the playoff. I vaguely remember this. Yeah. And uh, then he won the first playoff hole with a par. Um, the next week, he finished third in the Masters. He had that crazy birdie, birdie, eagle, birdie, whatever, run um, to to almost yep. win. Yep. Um, so it, it, he got right after the Masters. He was back in the top 10 of the world rankings. Um, you know, all is well. He was in this at this point. He was rededicating himself to the game. Um, and then uh, a few weeks later. Kim undergoes surgery to repair a ligament in his left thumb. So at Quail Hollow, this is a quote um, from a, uh, where did I list it from? I can't, uh, it was from a PGA.com article um, the next year. At Quail Hollow, I started to feel like other parts of my body were breaking down because of the thumb, and I started to compensate. Just to prevent any further damage anywhere else, I wanted to get it taken care of. But 100%, I wanted to be back for the Ryder Cup and try and do as much as I can to make that team. Uh, I think the timing was right. So, you know, a couple tidbits. Well, you know, interesting thing about uh, Anthony Kim when he was away. He had, uh, he had never heard of South Africa's Louis Oosthuizen before he won the British Open. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just a little like nugget that. I found that I thought was funny. Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision, AK. All right. So... Uh, in in his first, so the Quail Hollow was his last start before the surgery. So in his first ninety first start, ninety one starts on tour, Kim missed fourteen cuts. He made forty eight subsequent starts after the injury, and he missed twenty cuts in those. So uh, never the same. Uh, we're just yep. gonna we're gonna go down a uh, Anthony Kim, you know, joyride here. Okay. Remember some of it. So Kim went to Oklahoma. He turned pro in 2006 after his junior year. So in his first tournament as a pro, he finished second second at the Texas Open. Made roughly first tournament. 300 wow. grand. Um, he said that's, that's the worst thing that could have happened to him uh, in 2010. And this is from, there's a great Alan Shipnuck article about Anthony Kim from 2014 that I got a lot of quotes from. I uh, would highly recommend reading it if you haven't read it. Um, If you've read it, read it again. It's good to remember a lot of this stuff. Um, He said, uh, you know, when I jumped out on tour, I was attracted to shiny things, shiny people. I got sucked into a whole different world, and I don't know if things ever got out of control but they were moving way too fast. <laughs> I mean, you make 300 grand in your first start. You're kind of off and running right away. Think so. about that. Think about like, think about turning pro in, uh, <clears throat> in your first job and uh, making 300 grand your first week. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yep. So, you know, he became known as the party animal pretty quickly on, uh, on tour and, but you know, it came with like a lot of success too. It wasn't sure. like you know. Sure. So in 2008, uh, Anthony Kim, 23 years old, won twice um, on the PGA Tour. That's where he won the Wachovia and the AT&T National. And yep. the highlight was um, the Ryder Cup, where yeah, he sure. um, where he he won two and a half points. He he. Paired with Phil Mickelson uh, in the four balls. This was the first Ryder Cup win since 99, and he was kind of the leader of the team at 23. So, Azinger on Kim, who was the captain that year. I felt like he was our team leader. He was an emotional juggernaut. His enthusiasm was infectious. He wanted to go out there and take somebody down, and he did. So, Kim led off singles that day and just murdered Sergio five Sergio right yeah yeah crushed Sergio and then Nick Faldo ripped on yeah yeah Faldo ripped Sergio I remember that Mm -hmm. 
So that that was like that's where really the legend of Kim was born. You know, was that that Ryder Cup? Two wins and then the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I mean, you can win. You could win Wachovia with great play in whatever May, and like the golf world knows who you are. But yeah, you do that at the Ryder Cup, you're kind of become more of a wider sports star. This is when he had that big shiny AK <clears throat> belt buckle, right? You know, right. right. This was right. this was like the peak white belt era too yep. of, of golf. Sure. sure. Um, Two thousand nine, Kim ties for twentieth at the Masters, and that was when he made eleven birdies in his second round, and he shot sixty five. Still the record, I think, for birdies in a round. Yeah, right? yeah, and uh, and he also tied for sixteenth at the U.S. Open. No wins this year, and uh, this is kind of when people were saying he kind of lost focus. wasn't wasn't focused on golf. Was you know partying and everything we'll have a little bit more on the party i was gonna say what uh, i assume you're giving us the allenby stuff right yeah all right go ahead all right (laughs) so we're i kind of made that the partying a different thing i'm just giving a quick rundown of his career so so 2010 you know he had the the win and then the third at the masters and then he had the surgery um and then in 2011, he came back. Uh, it, 2010, he came back at the uh, at the at Bridgestone, which he finished, I think, dead last. And then he missed the next five cuts. Um, and in 2011, he his best finish was a fifth at the Open, um, and and he was struggling with tendonitis in his left wrist um, that that caused problems. And then he tore his Achilles in 2012, and we. Pretty much haven't seen him since then. So in May 2012, he ruptured his left Achilles running on the beach in San Diego. And uh, he had surgery and the self-imposed exile uh, began, says, according to Alan Shipmuck. That was his, his, his writing there. Um, so <clears throat> here's Kim. You know, I hear, and this is this is in 2011. I hear it all the time in the, across the locker room doors. I hear people, "What is going on with with him?" I hear little comments. He doesn't care about golf. Everyone has a reason to explain my struggles. Well, no one knows the reason but me. I need to hit balls to practice, but I'm hurting myself by hitting more balls. Yeah, it's a perfectly reasonable, you know, rationalization, or you know reason right mm-hmm. yeah i mean he, he can't there were only so many hits in his wrist right and his, his arm so so uh here's phil on on uh on on ak his absence uh, is definitely felt the ak of 2008 was so impressive he had guts he wasn't afraid of anyone or anything he had every shot and he just kept coming making birdie after birdie just you know, legendary, right? Phil doesn't like. Yeah, Phil's not. I, I would imagine quick to be impressed by that kind of stuff. And yeah, and when you it, impress Phil with your bravado and aggressiveness, like yeah, he was the America's answer to uh, Rory. Like that's what everybody thought he was going to be. He was going to be the the Ryder Cup stalwart that every year, year in year out, like you know, yeah, and uh, obviously. He hasn't played since 2012, so didn't go that way. Um, so here's a uh, here's Allenby. So Allenby <laughs> said he, you know, his friends, it, it, 2009 Presidents Cup. His friends saw uh, Anthony Kim sideways at 4 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> he he then went on to compare him to uh, John Daly. And he called him the loosest cannon on the United States. Interesting for Robert Allenby, of all people, given what we came to know about him. Getting kicked out of Quad Cities casinos for peeing himself. <laughs> getting, uh, getting found in a ditch in, in, in Hawaii. Be- Alleg- be- yeah. Allegedly kidnapped. Be- beat up himself by being overserved, I guess. <laughs> May, alleged, allegedly kidnapped. <laughs> it's not proven that he beat himself up. All right. Um, and uh, so Kim faced Allenby 
like a day later, beat him five and three in singles. Yep. He's sideways at 4 a.m., wakes up, whips, his, whips Alvy's ass in singles a couple days later. Like two months later, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually research this. I'll never forget this. Two months later, they played in like a world match play competition. Oh, really? And I think Kim beat him seven and six. Love that. Love um, that. And, and like Allenby at this point was like a top 10 player in the world. Like, you know, very, very good player. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So here's a little on uh, on on Kim's life. So uh, he he became like the the bachelor of of Dallas. He had this house. He had a sixty grand theater in it, like a just a ridiculous place. He had a lit putting green. I'm in sorry, the what? You say sixty thousand dollar theater? Yeah. Oh, and he didn't okay. know how to turn it on. One of his roommates <laughs> had to turn it on for him. So he had two roommates. <laughs> So he drove a uh, drop. He, he drove a drop top Bentley around. Sure, sure. So his quote about it: "I wanted a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, but I made a team decision. I had to get something with four seats so these guys can ride with me." <laughs> oh, we need him back. God. So the the peak Anthony Kim, you know, party animal moment. Came from Vegas. Um, it's when, like, he 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 transcended golf legend and became like a sports legend. Was this during Shriners or just a trip to it Vegas? It was during. The, it was JT. It was Timberlake. It wasn't uh, Shriners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, a DJ Exodus was performing at a club in Vegas and and tweeted, "Anthony Kim is an animal." 115 <laughs> bottles, then to top it off with a $25,000, a 25K bottle of Dom, which he showered the dance floor with. Oh my God. He, like, How do we w- not have more w- of these characters in golf? He WD'd the next day. <laughs> <laughs> he did we not, he did not cite worse for the wear. I will accept your dumbass live under par marketing slogan if you can bring me more Anthony Kims that are actually doing this, living under par, spraying champagne and acting like complete maniacs while also trying to be professional golfers. This is live under par. I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, so you, I would accept live under par if we had like 20 Anthony Kims. Yeah. I'll be all right with that there, but not not just you know sharing social content for Instagram likes. But all right, all so right. Shipnuck uh, article. This is heavy from the Shipnuck article. This is kind of post injury. Nobody knows where he is. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. Right. right. This is from uh, from somebody close to Kim, a friend of Kim. He'd be fucking livid if I knew if he knew I was talking to you. He can play, he can walk, his swing looks good, the strike sounds solid, his ball flight is good, his physical health is not the issue. It's the insurance, right? So the, the answer very, may, very well may lie in the insurance uh, policy Kim had against career engine injury. An IMG uh, source pegged its value at $10 million tax-free. Kim's friend who had financial discussions with him, says it's significantly north of that. Not quite 20, but close. That is weighing on him very much so. He's trying to weigh the risk of coming back. The way he's phrased it to me is, if I take one swing on tour, the policy is voided. <coughs> um, so just what, a, what year was that article? I want to say 2014. Like 2014. So a personal anecdote, um, you know, I talked to somebody who actually took out an insurance policy on a big name player one time, yeah. like he was the agent, um, not as big as Kim. And he said that it, that policy, if he should, should have been probably around 50 million, like that's what he would have guessed the policy was. Kim's policy should be? Yeah, like okay. based off of his experience. In, yeah, based in off the field. that expertise doing it. Okay. Um, so I, I would guess that it was, it was not, like, 
I would guess that 10 million is was nowhere near that policy. So just go hit balls. Just play golf with your buddies. Don't right? Try to play. Yeah. Like, yeah. you essentially, you know, uh, so if if the friend was accurate at 20, 20 million, it, it, it would have put Kim at 35 million on and off the course. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's factoring in taxes, agents, commissions, private jets, you know, everything. Right. Right. Um, right. So let's see. Um, he signed a big Nike deal. Um, so sorry. No, you're um, good. Here's Colt Nas uh, on it. Um, to say he won't come back because of money, that just doesn't ring true to me because he's the most competitive competitive kid I know. Colt Nas was like his best friend on tour. I can't yeah. imagine that's what he's thinking unless something's changed and he doesn't want to play anymore. Well, I mean, yeah. You're competitive up to a certain point, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, there's also sanity involved here. It's just know? life. Just coming back to be show you can be competitive golfer at the, you know, Barbasol championship and blowing whatever, how many millions is not, you know, he hasn't had a John Peterson moment. Apparently. No, I don't know that John, John has the insurance policy. Um, (laughs) all right. So, uh, uh, a friend says, so how, uh, so about, uh, about what's Anthony Kim Kim doing these days in 2014. So how is Kim spending his time these days? Lots of sports center, lots of golf channel. Uh, he is still he still has the passion. He's always talking about golf. He wants to be out there. He misses it. In fact, uh, on Thursday through Sunday, Kim is usually in front of a TV monitoring the tour telecast. It's kind of wow. sad to see, says the friend. Sometimes I just want to grab him and shake him and yell, "What the hell are you doing? You're Anthony Kim. Get off the damn couch and get out there and find your game." Yeah. That's it. Still occasionally might see him pop up in Vegas. I feel like there's occasionally like a photo on Instagram or something. Yeah, there's the you know, there's that one scare of on the range. There's that video of him hitting balls a couple years uh, ago. Yeah. I don't know that he's buying, you know, hundred fifteen dollar bottle hundred fifteen bottles of the twenty five thousand dollar bottle anymore, but I think he is still mixing it up every now and then. Anthony Kim. Gone too soon. Real shame. God, he would have been good, especially in the social media age. You know, would have been good for the tour, in my opinion. Just, just to give perspective, twenty twelve is the last uh, year, uh, last year, and his end of year rank was three hundredth, which probably is about the average rank of uh, the field in Houston. <laughs> Imagine Anthony Kim playing with Bryson. Oh, you know, we need him out there to mix it up with some of the. Imagine you know, the guys who, with the pace of play, guys who you know want safe space on the PGA Tour. We need him mixing it up. Like Bryce, do you want to go to the club? He's like, do they serve chocolate milk? You know, like come on, like that would be just a great. You know, we need his character out there. Imagine Anthony Kim and uh, and like dealing with Patrick Reed in the team room last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd probably be yeah. like, here, Patrick, have have a couple beers. You know. Get over yeah. it. <laughs> we need him, but I don't think we'll ever see him again no. competitively. He's gone. That's that. You're talking about speed as an assistant captain. I, now, I don't think Kim wants the public spotlight, but that's something they should do. Bring him back as a captain, then assistant. That'd be awesome. Um, he uh, so this is you know like this is we're at the end of the decade. You mentioned that the other day. 2010, yeah. last win on tour. It's like, this is essentially kind of closing the book on Anthony Kim. Full 10 years, yeah. Little, little finality, can. you know? Right, right. All right, that's it. Late Friday release. We're not putting the end of, we're not putting this discussion on the end, are you? I am. You're still going to do it? I'm popping in. an hour. Whatever. All right. All right. Who cares? Right. So this is. This People is, have a long weekend. All right. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, so this will be our discussion from Wednesday. That didn't make the end of the Wednesday podcast on the it's, players. It's very coverage. strategic. I know you guys wanted this on Friday. You're still going to put it on? It's going to yeah. be an hour and 10 minute podcast. Whatever. All right. 
uh, Rocco, Colin Montgomery, Kenny Perry, Mr. Pro V1, and VJ Singh. I wonder actually how much uh, the this problem with the PGA Tour is that there's becoming a greater and greater divide between talent on the PGA Tour because it used to be that you know old guys would get better, right? The old system, like. Techno- we're in this technology era where like the younger players are at a huge advantage because they've grown up using these yeah the equipment and yep. the old guys have had to adjust it's like anything if you have to le- relearn new skills you're not going to yep. be as good as people that just you know never have to relearn anything so right. you wonder if this problem is actually because of that where there's so many better players that are younger than the older players. If that makes sense. The best players in the world, a lot of the best players in the world aren't on the PGA tour because they can't get there. That makes sense. That makes sense. What do you, what do you think Monty's doing for fun in Cary, North Carolina? Where is Cary, North Carolina? Is that Alexa? Yeah. Alexa wanted to pipe in. She had, uh, Monty had thoughts about Monty. Cary, uh, North Carolina. I, you know, I think there's that? a lot of furniture. Probably. There's a lot of furniture oh, made yeah, in Cary, a- North Carolina. So maybe he's going to a furniture plant, seeing how how stuff's made. That's renowned, renowned furniture area, North Carolina. I remember I had relatives that would drive to North Carolina to get furniture. Yeah, um, maybe there's there's a lot of like forests and open land That's in, what in North Carolina. He's a big national up. parks guy. Filling up the Yeti with some Mountain Dew and going hiking <laughs> in the, the forest. Mountain Dew. Just... I think he's going visit, visiting with Coach K, maybe in Durham or something. All right. Uh, so that's your schedule for the week. We have Houston Open. We have the Italian Open. We have the Buick LPGA Shanghai. What, what's Buick? Is Buick big in Shanghai? Is Buick still a car? I, I think they still Oh, yeah, exist. it is. Yeah, they, yeah, it's still a car. They, yeah. But it's still like crossovers. I feel like the popular. I don't know why they have it. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I don't know why they chose China. Maybe they're trying to get in big over there. Who knows? Buick LPGA Shanghai, and then the SAS Championship. So four four solid events. What's your event of the week, by the way? Did we? Did I even ask you that yet? This is a tough event of the week. This week, <laughs> I um, I'm gonna go with Houston just because I feel like they they deserve a bone. You know, yeah. I I okay. I, admi- I admire the the length and the effort that they went to to keep professional golf in their town and for that reason they get the event of the week even though everybody shit on them outside of houston all right i appreciate that sentiment uh all right anything else you want to talk about we got some news i I feel like we could push it to friday it's evergreen let's uh let's run down real quick we can you want to keep going yeah we can uh, we got we got 10 minutes Let's save it for Friday. We can give all the right. people what they want. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Players championship. Every shot, every player will now be shown or, or available via NBC Sports Gold slash PGA Tour Live, whatever it is. Um, big deal, no deal. What do you big make deal. of this? It's, it's, awesome. I, I enjoyed this from Rick Anderson. This is the press release. The PGA Tour is the most content-rich sport on the planet. We've been focused on expanding the amount of content we bring to our fans from our competitions. Um, I guess I, I have, I'm not, you know, delivering an opinion on this one way or the other, but I, I think it's good. I just wonder, is there a demand for this? Does the, the work to do this outweigh the demand or is the work becoming less onerous because you can just post up a camera and the robots are taking over the world? Um, like, what's the demand for this? You just talked about Rich Beam and the like, Daniel Chopra. I'm not sure they're playing the players, but like, is there th- demand to see him play the third hole at TBC Sawgrass on Thursday morning? I think where there's interest, I don't know about the economics of it. I don't, sure. I can't imagine that the audience is like much bigger that really 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 wants this is much bigger than the audience of our podcast right Right. for like a golf nut it's unbelievable which is good we don't have a big audience 
No, I'm saying we have a big audience, but we know. have a solid audience that's extremely loyal. We, so, so to grow. for a golf nut, <laughs> I think it's unreal, and and to a certain extent, as a company, like your product should be focused on like how do we make our diehard fans love us more, and yeah. like that for that reason, it's a huge step because we talk about it all the time. We bag on the tour all the time for trying yeah. to appeal to this fan. Like this appeals to the core fan, yep, big time. So that yep. that's awesome. It's yep. awesome for that reason. I think like in terms of like they have a subscription product. This is. Much more so. We don't even know what the numbers are for that. They guard those pretty closely, which, I mean, uh, one could infer that the numbers aren't great for PGA Tour Live. I don't know, though. Again, it's great product, great for the core fan, taking care of the core fan, but the demand for that we're not even sure of. And those are, you know, that's Ricky and everybody else. But But I think for a subscription, like, this makes total sense. Like, I mean, like, they... And I think you could charge golf nuts a good amount of money on a yearly basis. Like, I'd like the ability to see how a guy makes an eight is yeah. possibly the most compelling thing. And uh, you're not going to watch that live, though. That's exactly going to toggle over once you hear about it. Well, that was like the most fun thing about when the ma- with the Masters last year doing it sure. was like, sure. oh, like I can actually go see how this guy like completely ruined his round or. I could go see how this guy made four birdies in a row. Like that's the neat thing is the ability to be able to they're right about the content because the they're capturing it all. You know, I don't they don't have the storytellers in place to use it all. I mean, yeah. they yeah. they would need to like buy every golf media company in order yeah, to Yeah, they could hire us. We could talk about, you know, Rob Pamplin's, <laughs> you know, birdie. We could talk about Steve LeBron. <laughs> we could we could we do we want? Do, you have to ask. Reference. You have to. I have to ask you a question. Do you want to be hired by them? Like, I think right. it would be more of a hostile takeover. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm going to plead the fifth on that. On uh, smart man. Yeah. All right. Um, also, seems to be. Yeah, you know, I, I assume there's also an element here with like the gambling, daily fantasy, and like people who are. You know, people are going to be gambling on Steve LeBron and things like that out of nowhere. And not a lot of people, but, you know, it just opens up serving that kind of. Nobody know, should be degenerate. gambling on golf because they haven't cleaned up their competition. That's true. That's true. It's guys with crooked grooves and hot drivers and all sorts of stuff. Um, also, this seems to be I'm just totally reading tea leaves. It seems to be a. a a boost for NBC's prospects of retaining rights, right? It definitely has some some leverage. There's a every shot a lev- of the players on PGA Tour Live is a natural next step in the innovative partnership between NBC Sports and the PGA Tour that spans nearly sixty years," said Mike McCarley, president of golf and NBC. Well, that's a you know you wanted to reaffirm that's the. Like that, that is a that, crazy that, aspect. I didn't. I hadn't thought of it. Is it's not the most important part of this release and this development, but it seems like reading the tea leaves. Which you know, when we had um, John Aranda, he seemed to think they were just going to kind of his guess. He was he he was kind of guessing that they were going to stay with kind of the, the the current partners under new arrangements, right? And PJ Tour would take a stake. But reading the tea leaves, it seems like a. Uh, a boost for golf channel NBC's prospects for retaining rights of some sort or some partnership with the PGA tour. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that is, it's something I hadn't considered that is very, there's like leverage and you can read, you can like think about that statement he made and it was almost like a sales pitch also. Right. Like right. remind it. Let let me, let's remind (laughs) the PGA tour. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and I think there's a lot of leverage. Like I know that the PGA Tour really wants more of this. We've but, heard this behind the scenes, right? They want this every shot, every player thing. They've been pushing for this. But on the back end, the the networks are having to weigh like, yeah. is this like a this doesn't seem to make sense because of the cost? Like what we talk like, what is the demand and how much does it cost to right. do? Right. Well, or or just you're losing tonnage like somebody like golf channel like probably needs 
you know, they got to give to get, you know, they got to, they, they need PGA tour rights. Maybe golf right? channel should like be essentially just giving them the company because they would actually be able to like, if they had all the rights, if they had all the shots, they could do really cool stuff. Um, if they actually had yeah, no, well, think about think about like short. The PGA Tour doesn't need to be filtering even more media. Not not saying Golf Channel's unfiltered by any means, but like that's that's what concerns me about the tour taking a stake in like a Golf Channel. Like don't but, don't we have enough of the the tour has a stake in Golf Digest now and Golf TV and all the like. Why do we need the league? Like, I just, we need more independent voices. That's it's just not, I mean, it's just the reality. They, they have all the, it's chips. not a good reality. I know it's not, but like, I, I just think you about like a show, a shotgun start <laughs> ups the value proposition. All right. I don't want to talk about the shotgun starts value. Prop. <laughs> uh, but you think about a show, like think about being able to look at, okay, you know, JT Poston birdied his last two. And the, these are the shots. He, this, this proved to be a pivotal moment in the year because birdieing the last two got him in the reshuffle, and then he went on to win three weeks later. And being able to show that storyline and ask questions around that because you can actually see what happened, that's the hardest thing about golf is that this field thing, like, in terms of golf coverage, you're able to do so much more if you can see what actually happened when things, right. you know, granted, it then comes down to execution and having people be able to think, you know, beyond to one layer. But right. like you'd be actually able to see how these things happened and then tie together stuff way, way neater because it's not an individual playing field like every other sport, which is yeah. one of the big struggles with golf. Right. And I think this is a nice complimentary like subscription package. And I would not want to get rid of like the production, the storytelling production of a main broadcast and letting, I mean, some people, you know, fail at that. Some people are better than others, but like, I I want the expert curating the broadcast for me as well. I want that story being told. And you're not, you would obviously never get that if you're just, left to kind of jump around to individual players like keep that what it is and this is like a nice companion subscription thing right Mm -hmm. all right everyone enjoy your weekends uh get after it hopefully maybe you have monday off or uh columbus day uh and we will check in with you on monday